It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Technology Expresso Cafe. I am your host, Jacqueline Sanders, and I'm here with my co-host, Dave Blackman. And welcome, everyone. And we have Teresa Williams joining us this evening in the cafe, and as well as all of our guests on the phone and in the chat room. So welcome, everyone. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of your favorite uh, beverage, and let's get ready to chat. As we say at Technology Expresso Cafe, we like to serve up knowledge and information about the STEM career field. And so tonight, I'm sure Teresa is going to impart a lot of knowledge to all of our listeners as well as our archive listeners, which we're always happy to join us. And let me tell you a little bit about Teresa. Teresa was the former president of Atlanta BDPA, and that's how I first met her. She invited me to be a speaker at an Atlanta BDPA meeting, and from there on, I was hooked. And and she was she was a, she's a smart lady because what she did is part of as a, a token of their appreciation for me speaking, she gave me a one year membership, a complimentary membership. I hope I'm not giving away. Um, a secret here, but I'll tell you it worked because I've been a member ever since, and it's been paying dividends. And um, just love the organization. As you all know, uh, what a wonderful partnership Technology Expresso has with Atlanta BDPA as well as the National BDPA. But first of all, I just want to say welcome, Teresa, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jacqueline, for that nice introduction. Oh, that's just the beginning, Teresa. I'm not even finished. There's so much I can say say about Teresa. She is just a wonderful um, um, person, and I know even over the phone, you all probably can feel her radiance and and her personality. She just is such a wonderful spirit, And, and she's kind of the matriarch of Atlanta BDPA because um all of the current officers, we can go to her. She kind of coaches us. She kind of keeps us in line. And, you know, ultimately it's just 
really beautiful. You see beyond the people, the politics, the personalities, and you're always looking out for the best interest of Atlanta BDPA. So we're just we're just so fortunate to have you here, and um, we're so fortunate to have you on the show tonight. So I, I just wanted to add that. So again, welcome, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I want to now give you a chance to talk. So I'm going to start asking the questions, and again, we invite our audience to ask questions as well. David is beside me, and he's in the uh, chat room, so don't be shy. You're you're welcome to um, type your questions in the chat room. If you're online, you can press 1 to get in our queue if you have a question as well. So um, we uh, we encourage audience participation and uh, we have a great audience, and you all have been great. So continue to, to interact with us. This is about you um, and not just our questions. So let me start off, though, and, and get the, the conversation going. And I always like to start off, Teresa, tell us about your career in IT. Can you kind of tell us where you are now in your career and, and kind of walk our listeners through um, from the beginning to now? Okay, I'll I'll try to go with the condensed version. Um, my current role is a program manager um, with a company, a local company in Atlanta. They're owned by the Blues, well, we call them the Blues, Blue Cross Blue Shield of, of Michigan, uh, Minnesota, New Jersey, um, as well as WellPoint. So not all of Blue Cross Blue Shield are part of the um, Blue Affiliation, um, but our, my company's name is NASCO, stands for National Account Servicing Company. And our main purpose is we actually are the, the claims processing engine for um, those five Blue Cross Blue Shield companies that I mentioned. I specifically support Blue Cross Blue Shield out of New Jersey. Um, and I am um, over a program that is a multi-year program where we're actually um, – converting um, Blue Cross Blue Shield from one platform over to the NASCO members, membership and billing platform. And and part of our first initiative or first implementation will take place October 1st, so it's a lot of work right now going on for our team. Um, we, are, we have an October 1st in conjunction with the healthcare reform uh, exchange deadline. And so we have to be ready October 1 to enroll any uh, New Jersey um, residents who would like to purchase insurance off the exchange through Blue Cross Blue Shield. So everyone's a little anxious that things are going well. Uh, we're, we're excited that uh, we feel like we're ready, but you never know till the doors open. Um, I, uh, my program office, we have 15 people on our team that consists of project managers, um, business analysts, and um, some other technical support needs. NASCO really doesn't, well, up to last year, we didn't really do much of our own in-house development. Um, but over the last three to four years, we've been bringing in developers from IBM and HP. Those were our, our development team providers. So we've decided it's probably it's more efficient for us to uh, do a lot of the um, to own our own development and testing services. So, when I joined the company, we had a little bit under 300 employees, and now we're at 700. So we've grown a lot over the last four years. I 
joined in 2008 as a contractor with Compu, CompuWare, and I converted to a uh, NASCO associate in 2009. So I've been with them for five years. So you can see we've done a lot of major growth over those past five years. It's a great company. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the people that I work with, and I enjoy um, supporting the customer that uh, in New Jersey that I have to work with. So I have the best of all worlds right now. I haven't always been a project manager, but that's what I've been doing the, probably the last 15, 18 years. My career originally started hmm, over 30 years ago as a developer, and I think we all started somewhere in that in that line. But I was a Fortran developer for a long time, and then PCs came on the market, and I quickly transitioned to a uh, database developer uh, on the, P- the microcomputer platform, and then spent a number of years supporting microcomputer and land-based applications before I decided I was ready to, um, you know, move up with the big boys and actually lead some projects and implementation. And that's where I feel my most comfort. I really do like working with the customer as well as having some technical background. Thank you, Sarita. So that's kind of my, my career in a nutshell. And, and you know what that you know I, I'm, I'm smiling and, and taking notes as you're you're talking because I, I can completely relate. When you said Fortran, you took me back. Wow. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> but you 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 know that evolution and and I'm sure you know even like myself like David, we've seen a lot of changes in the industry. Like you said, it was funny when you said the PCs came on the scene. You know. Um, and I'm sure there's some young people. There was a world without PCs. Did it exist? You know, yeah, but, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was actually but, you know, responsible it, for bringing in the very first local area network for Greyhound Lines. And uh, at that time, we thought we were doing something when we connected uh, three PCs, and we were actually able to share data. So wow, you know, we've come a long way. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about, you know, over the years, the, the changes, and, and you know, like you're saying, you were one of the first to, to um, bring that to, I think you said Greyhound, you know, so that means you had to reinvent yourself a, along the way. How, you know, what's your secret? How did you kind of navigate and keep up? Because otherwise, if you if you don't, you can be left behind very easily. But it looks like you rolled with the times. What were some of your, the the twists and turns and, and decisions you had to make? You know, it's it's funny, Jacqueline. I I when I think back, um, I kind of fell into the career because it was you know back. Oh, I was in my you know early twenties. I was just an administrative um, assistant, and back then well, there weren't enough people skilled in technology, and so you really got a lot of opportunities just by being in the right place at the right time. You know, and, as, and I I'll never forget being called into my boss's office, and I thought I was in trouble for something, and he said, "I've got an opportunity for you. You know, we're willing to send you to some classes at the community college." Um, if you if you're willing to take on some more work, and at that time they sent me through, and I got like certified. It was like I went through like a year program. I got certified in in Fortran, and I did a little JCL, and um, I realized I was good at it. I realized I liked the problem solving part of writing de- uh, code and and debugging it. And I I and I also realized very quickly at a young age that that 
that was um, a way to make more money. And so I kind of stayed with it, but the same thing happened when I got into the microcomputer support. I went in as a supervisor over a a, a group of data entry clerks. You know, back then, you know, we had people that actually typed in uh, invoices and any orders for a company or transactions. And so I was their supervisor. And same, my boss came to me and said, yeah, I've heard about these PCs over that HP has in Chicago. And I was working in Rockford, Illinois at the time. You know, take a trip up there with me. We want to look at one of those to see if we can get off of, we were paying for timeshare uh, for data processing, so it was a lot of money. And I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And I I taught myself how to program using DBase 3. Started with DBase 2 and then 3. I sat down and just worked through it and figured out how to duplicate the reports that we were paying thousands of dollars for. So, you know, it it took a lot of um, initiative and hunger, and I think that's what I brought to the table. I was always hungry for new knowledge and also an opportunity to make more money. And, you know, it wasn't as much you had to have a lot of certifications back then. You just had to have the desire and the passion and the flexibility and say, you know, okay, I think I can do this. Now we still have to have those skills, but um, even just getting the door companies, they really filter by your education and your certifications. And so over the years, I've you know, you realize, you look around the market and you say, okay, I need to add something to my my portfolio because I want to be able to rise above um, that other person. I went to school and got my MBA only because I was told no for a job opportunity. And I decided at that time, there was, I can't change some things about who I am, my sex or my race, but I can darn well change the fact that I didn't have that degree. And so that's the kind of attitude I've always had was, you know, if I want something, if I don't have that skill set or that knowledge, I'll figure out how to get it either through uh, formal education or by networking. That's one thing I love about BDPA. I don't have to to worry about within who has that knowledge or experience within my company. I have a wealth of knowledge right there within BDPA, Atlanta chapter, and nationally. Uh, you you were an excellent example of when I found myself unemployed for the first time in my career, and I realized I had to transition, and I had an opportunity opportunity come forth for a contract position. For um, which required heavy business analysis skills, I hadn't done that. Who would I reach out to? Jacqueline. <laughs> and you took the time to spend with me, to give me the skills, to get me a give me a jump start. I had to do it, but you gave me the motivation, you gave me the resources, and your time. And so that's one of the, the I think the pluses that. Um, people like you and I and a lot of other professionals in this in this field, you always are reinventing yourself. You're always reaching out for to someone else for more knowledge because technology is changing rapidly. We don't we cannot even begin to know everything there is to know. But if you know someone who may have a little bit of knowledge in it that can give you the cliff notes, you know, you can really talk like you really know what you're talking about. You gave me basically keywords. When you go for this interview, use these keywords, and I got the job. 
So, I mean, that's just really that flexibility, passion, and the desire. And, and you know, it doesn't hurt to be a little hungry. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, I think that there's an important message there because, like you said, even even when you entered into and start your career, you were an admin, uh, ad, administrative assistant, um, but someone saw potential in you. But you rose to the occasion. So, first of all, you must have been carrying yourself in such a way that they wanted to invest in you. And, you know, and I still think that to some extent there's some opportunities. When someone, when you walk in the door, you know, present yourself as that you're willing to learn, grow, try new things, you know, all about the, your attitude. And like you said, and then the, another key point is you get to a point when you realize, if I want to go to the next level, then maybe that formal education is important. Um, but that's a, I think that IT, there are so many great stories, which is, is why Technology you know, Cafe is here, for people to share and to let other people know. It doesn't matter where you are right now. You go in there with the hunger, with the attitude, and when people give you, you know, um, that opportunity or willing to coach you or give you information, you know, take it, learn, um, and and apply it to the opportunities that come your way. I think there's still more than, in, in my experience, in any other career field, they're still full of opportunities. Um, and, and people, you know, there's, there's some really – great success stories, and, and so I, I love you sharing all aspects of that, but I, I hope it really resonates with people. You know, people are out there to help you. You touched upon, and, and this is where we'll go next, is BDPA. We're really there to, to help people, but you also have to do the work, and we kind of can see the people <laughs> yeah. who want to do the work <laughs> and the people who don't, because the people who want to do the work, there are success stories. They're coming back to us, to, and, and it happens time and time again. So, um, you know, that's that's the beautiful thing. Um, and so let, let's go there. Talk about how you got into BDPA. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's something that um, I was working with, with Delta Technology at the time, which is a Delta Airlines company, and um, there were probably about four or five African-Americans in the leadership role, and they had somehow gotten connected through their network with BDPA, and they convinced our CEO, or I'm sorry, CIO, to attend one of the BDPA conferences, and he was blown away by the, the youth and the program and what he saw and he really our CIO was really excited about the high school computer competition program. Came back and said, We've got to get our African American technology professionals involved in this organization. This is a wonderful organization and so they Delta Technology basically said we will we will pay for everyone who wants to join their membership to join this organization. And so they had a couple of uh you know meet and greet meetings at at the company in the auditorium and invited everyone that was with Delta Technology. And I went because <laughs> I went because I thought it would be a good place for me to be for exposure. You know, the senior management's asking us. They're, you know, having this this nice meeting with food. And they flew in Wayne Hicks. And, and um, you know, it was for us. So I thought I need to get myself over there. Just I had no intention of joining. I just, it was just for show. 
you know, it's one thing to be look in the audience for them to look out and see you because that means, oh, okay, she's interested in growing. But I joined, uh, and I my membership, I was dormant for about a year. I don't even think I went to one meeting. And finally, um, they kept trying to, every you know, every once in a while they'd have a, hey, come on out to a BDPA meeting. It's going to be held at Delta. So I had no excuse. So I'd go. And I came to a point in my career where I finally decided, and I was also, here. Here's, here's the other thing, I was also very active in another volunteer organization, so I really didn't have a lot of bandwidth as far as time. And I was on their national board of directors and running for office. So finally that part of my uh, life kind of got under control. So that's when I decided, let me check out this, this um, chapter, the Atlanta chapter. And I started to go to the meetings occasionally and met a few folks. And once I made some connections, that's what kind of drew me in. And uh, I really got invested and wanted to get interested in helping the chapter. I connected with Denise Walmont, who was the chapter president at the time. She had been the president for a long time, and she was doing a pretty good job. But, you know, she she was worn out. We, I think she she was on like her fourth or fifth term, and um, I like what they were trying to do, and so we just I basically joined to try to help grow the chapter and get it back up and running because it didn't make much sense to me that in Atlanta you'd come to a meeting and you wouldn't see but twenty people in the meeting that just didn't resonate well with me, and so there I was I jumped in I was VP of finance for half a year and. The next year I was president, and don't ask me. (laughs) That was not a volunteer. It was just kind of like everybody turned around, and there I was. I was like the last person in line. But anything I do, you know, and and when I I, I didn't just say, okay, I'll do it. I had to think about it. But you know what? I thought, hey, I've I've done probably bigger projects than this at work. And so anything I do, I try to do do the best job that I can do. And about that same time that I became president, my connection within the Atlanta chapter with a recruiter with SunTrust paid off. And I was uh, and she said, "We I want to get you in here because I see what, how you work with this chapter." And so my next opportunity job-wise came because of my commitment to the Atlanta chapter and the time I invested there. And so then I felt, okay, I owe this chapter and this organization something. And, you know, I could see the benefit. And that I was hooked. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, you said you were the last person in line. You know, I'm, that was definitely <laughs> tongue-in-cheek because, you know, the reality is, is and we can see it, you rose to the top. I mean, everyone knows a leader, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think that they, they saw that in you and a, a fine choice because that was when I was first um, introduced to BDPA. So I, I don't know the history before, but I know that um, you really built up the chapter during your um and that you just, you just drew people out. And definitely, I know that you turned around the membership numbers. Um, you gathered a great team together, um, and that's where I, I, I met some of the, the people. Felicia, who is our immediate past president, uh, you know, um, I remember her being on your team at that time as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you you actually nurtured a lot of leaders, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and so that, that's definitely got 
got to be rewarding. And even I'm looking at the activity. I've got to acknowledge our chat room. You know, you've got a fan club, Teresa, so, you know, you can be humble if you want to, but I'm going to call you out. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, You know, I am because, you know, it's. I, I believe that's what leadership is. It's, it's, you know, it's all about, to me, it's all about just influence and, and, and giving and reaching back and giving the people that are there in the room a reason to be there in the room. You know, everyone could be doing something else, and I realized that when we would have our meetings. Everyone could be doing, be somewhere else at another meeting, and the fact that they chose to spend that hour and a half or two hours with us, to me, was an honor. And I I had three things that I was focused on that first year, and that was to build a leadership team so that I wouldn't, so I wouldn't be the last person standing forever, and to get some solid programming in place. And in order to do that, and also to build our membership, and that's how I came up with the idea of, if I'm inviting these dynamic speakers, and I reached out to all portals, you know, for speakers, and you know, I got you. I think I got you through. Was it PMI? I believe so. I, I can't. It was another organization, and. Um, if I want to reach out to these dynamic and bring them in, then I want to bring, I want to keep them. I want to keep them engaged. If anything, make them a member and they get a they get a copy of our newsletter every month, or they get a communication so they know what um, our next meeting's about. And so that's the reason I gave the membership, and also it grew our membership. And so I think, and we gained some great members that way. If if you, <laughs> who said I was bamboozled? <laughs> But and I and I appreciate that, and so there there was a a lot of 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 rewards. You know, being a chapter president, that's one of the reasons I ran for regional office because I realized the support that a chapter president needs, uh, and that's frustrating for me because I can't give them everything that they need, but I I want to try, but. Being a chapter president is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And at times it's a thankless job when you're in the middle of it. I mean, you're doing everything from toting in water and food to calling somebody and giving them directions to having a board meeting the next week. You're dealing with personalities. You're dealing with people's career. Um, Then you have the whole, if you have a high school computer uh, competition team, you've got that whole arm, which is a full-time job in itself. Even if you're not the coordinator, you're responsible for it. So, I mean, I know the work it goes into being a chapter president and to be a good one. But there's so many rewards along the way that that's what keeps chapter presidents doing uh, motivated. Um, it's just that you've got to be able to see those those little nuggets um, along the way. And you got to keep believing that you're doing it for the right reasons. If if I did it just for Teresa, it, I probably would not have been as successful. You've got to always take yourself out of the picture and say, why am I in this role? And that's to help everyone that walks through that door. Now, maybe you can't give them what they're looking for, but there's somebody in that room that can. So you just make the connection. That's all you have to do is make a connection. You know, you introduce them. You know, we have a new incoming president, Derek Brown. I'm going to try to, 
I want to support him. I want to make sure he's successful, just like I want to to support every chapter president in the South region. It's easier in Atlanta because I can see and I can be there in touch. But I I have just as much passion around supporting all the other 19 chapters that fall within the South region. So, you know, I have to realize, I have to kind of... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So no, that's I why I have to really put a time slot time. Because we have we have nineteen chapters in the South region for the states of Alabama. Uh well not Alabama yet, but we're working on Alabama. Um but I cover Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, ten- Tennessee, Texas, Mississippi, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Virginia. North Carolina, South Carolina. Out of those 19, 11 of them are considered relatively strong or very strong chapters. But that means there's still a good number that are struggling. And so, you know, I I have I struggle with where to put my time because I want to keep the ones that are doing pretty well. I want to keep them doing well. And I also want to help the ones that are struggling to stay alive to get them back uh, rejuvenated again. But you can't do, I can't do that without at least one or two passionate folks in that city that are willing to put in the work. So I, I've realized over the past two years through my term that if I can't find one or two people, you only need a small group, probably preferably three, that are willing to put in the work, then I that's something they have to kind of wait for that because I can't do it for them. But if I get a small group willing to put in the work, we can make it happen. Absolutely. I've got absolutely. three chapters now. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was saying absolutely. And and, and I want to just share with the, the audience because when we started talking about you know, when you were the president of Atlanta BDPA, and like you said, you ha- you've handed over the the reins, but you still continue to support the uh, presidents uh, of the chapter as well as our new incoming president, who you mentioned, Derek Brown, who's actually in the audience. He's the one uh, <laughs> that's uh, keeping the uh, chat room entertained over there. Hello, Derek. <laughs> and, uh, Hi, Derek. Uh, As well as I want to also acknowledge we have Lenita in our chat room We have Wes Williams in the the chat room as well So like I said, you know, your your fan club is here in force Um, I hate those (laughs) two No, they they all said, you know, she is a great mentor That's that's exactly what they said in the the chat room So I want our our audience to know that uh, these are coming There's testimonies if you're you're here with us live on the the radio show But you were just kind of talking through And and I want to take the audience and transition them too Is that um, you have never left BDPA Even after your um, your term was over And I remember you even extended your term Just to make sure that there was a smooth transition Again, you just wanting to do the right thing for the the chapter But now you are serving at a regional level And that's what you were just speaking mm-hmm. about So um, to fill everyone in about 
um, the, the new role that you're playing, and, and you mentioned about the, the 19 chapters. So instead of just being president over one, you're now taking um, some of those lessons learned and helping some of those those other chapters. So talk about what are some of the challenges some of the, the new chapters or struggling chapters have and um, some of the things that, that you uh, plan to do as far as the, the regional role that you play. Yeah, and, and thank you, Jacqueline. The region, as regional officer, um, region, uh, regional vice president, you know, our number one role. Actually, it's an easier job than being chapter president because, but um, because I like it. But our number one role is to make sure that we work with the chapter presidents to ensure that they understand the national strategic goals and where we're going, and to help make sure that there's a, a fluid channel of communication from national down to the local chapters. Um, before regionalization, every chapter president in their role served on the national board of directors. And so they would come to the quarterly meetings and they took part in the voting and, and the decision-making uh, from a national perspective. With the um, new regionalization and regional officers, the chapter presidents are free now to focus on their chapters. They don't have to worry about the expense of coming to a national um, to a quarterly meeting, but they're no longer a member of the national board of directors. But they're more than welcome to come to any meeting if they want to um, take part and, and hear what's going on. So as a the regional officers are responsible for making sure that that information is communicated out in a timely manner. Um, we're responsible for providing a report every quarter to national about what's going on in our region, what are the some of the accomplishments, some of the challenges, um, membership growth, and any goals and, and objectives for our region, which should align with the national goals. So that's one of the things we did at the third, third quarter. We had a leadership training um, session for, it was like um, probably all morning, on Tuesday, where we had 13 to 15 chapter presidents show up, and it was facilitated by the regional vice presidents as well as our outside director, Jesse Matthews. And we walked through the three, the top three national goals and priorities, and we broke up into sessions, and we wanted to hear from the chapter presidents what they felt we were doing well, what we could do better, so that we could use that feedback when we come together again in November at our fourth quarter board meeting to outline our 2014-2015 national goals. What better way to start out um, with goals is to hear from the folks that are going to be impacted by our new national goals. So we focused on operational cleanup, you know, things that centered around how to make sure BDPA was um, financially sound and how can we improve our, our productivity. And the chapter presidents gave us a whole page of suggestions for that. Um, the second strategic priority is transformational change, and that focuses around how do we change our organization to always stay in alignment with what's going on today? How do we... Um, organizationally aligned for membership growth. You know, 
what are the things we need to do to keep the members we have today engaged and also to gain new members and grow our organization nationally? Well, locally, if you grow locally, you're going to grow nationally. And then the third um, priority was the value proposition. As a premier provider of programs, what type of services would be of value to our stakeholders? So we went through each one of those and spent a lot of good quality time around each one and got a lot of feedback, which we shared back out with the chapter presidents. And then we ended the morning with um, gathering best practices. What works in each for each chapter? What do they feel is something that they have found works and that they would like to continue to do? That information was shared among all of the chapter presidents because what works in one area um, what one area chapter struggling with, they may find, oh, Atlanta's doing that. That sounds like a great idea. And so we really wanted to make sure we shared best practices among all the chapter presidents. So that's one of our roles is to, is to have a third quarter leadership training, um, to provide a written report to national, and touch base with our chapters, make sure that they um, we support their membership growth, one of the things I'm, we're do, responsible for also is if there's any interest in forming a new chapter in your region, they're the, you know we're the first line of contact. So right now, because of the momentum after that fantastic national conference, you know everybody came out of there just excited. Um, I've got a in, chapter interest from Walmart. Walmart wants to start a chapter in Benton, Bentonville. Arkansas for Walmart Corporation. So we've had those discussions going on. We have a new chapter. We have a couple of uh, dynamic gentlemen, one with Microsoft and one who's, who owns his own company out of South Florida. They want to get the South Florida chapter back up and running. And then Felicia just passed over um, an interest from someone that she knows who wants to start a chapter up in, in San Antonio. I'm meeting with him tomorrow. So I'm keeping pretty busy just with these new interests going on, but I still don't want to forget the chapters that are out there doing their job on a on a month-to-month basis, day-to-day basis. So I meet with them monthly. I have a monthly chapter president meeting, um, and I ask them all to join, and that's when I basically share information back and forth. I usually invite a, a special guest, and um, actually you're next week. You're going to be talking about, Jacqueline's going to be talking about professional development program, how to build one, how to build a successful one. And I won't I won't give out um, what I would like to do in the next term, which is 2014 and 2015, until after you ask that question. <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you. Um, and, you know, I, and I know that some of the uh, – regional um, chapter leads, uh, and as well as some of those potential chapter leads may even be listening to this recording, and just want to extend and let them know that Technology Expresso is here to support them as well, you know, as well, you know, in two ways, to provide programming that they can listen to, that they can share with their um, chapters and members. Um, this is, you know, one of the things that, that is provided, and those announcements of when we're having shows and uh, the guests we're having are through uh, BDPA, 
And also, Teresa mentioned the national conference this year. We're going to be bringing some of those speakers that were at the conference right here on Technology Express. So um, we're lining up and, and, and finalizing dates with Wayne Williams to be on the, the show. Curtis Jenkins will be on our show, um, as well as the new incoming national president, uh, Dr. Craig Brown. We're, we're finalizing those dates with him as well. So um, continue to tune in, as well as check out our archives. We've got great programming there in and one of the things is just hearing people speak, just like hearing Teresa speak tonight, is motivation in and of itself. Um, you know, you've got to keep yourself fed because it can be a challenge being a, a lead and over a volunteer organization. I'm, I'm sure there are some frustrations that Teresa can uh, tell us about. But, um, you know, and so we at Technology Express, so we're bringing you programming to keep you fed, to keep you energized, and so you can hear what, other members of BDPA and chapters are doing as well. So we're, we're always here to support um, the the southern region and Teresa in any way that we can can be of support to you. So I just want to to say that here and now. Um, and as well as I look forward to to speaking to the southern region um, at your next meeting. So um, uh, I'll be returning the favor. <laughs> I'll have the microphone in my hand <laughs> and be on the spot. But but nonetheless, but completely enjoy that as well. But I want to touch upon one thing you also um, mentioned was the national conference. And I think that anyone, whether you're a member or an officer or starting a chapter, you know, if you attend one conference, especially like the one that we just had, and I had Monique Berry on not too long ago talking about what it took to, to put together the conference. Um, and, and she did an outstanding job, and uh, Derek saying it was the bomb. Thank you, Derek. <laughs> um, but um, what, what were some of the – can you share one of the, the big takeaways? Because you've been to several of the conferences. Uh, was there, there one thing that stood out to you at this conference that was a, a, a takeaway or something that energized you during the conference that you want to share? Um, you know – I have yes, I have been to a lot of conferences. I haven't I haven't missed one since my first one, which was Detroit. And even then, my favorite part of of the conferences, and that was before I was even a chapter president, I was just an attendee. Um, I have two favorite parts, and that is the opening ceremony. With um, I've always enjoyed that. I I've, I enjoy. Um, Wayne getting up and pumping up the, the the teams, and I enjoy seeing all the young faces in the room. And it's just to me, it's like you know, uh, really motivating. And I always really get a kick out of the the banquet. So I, I tend to be the, the the opening and the closing type person. Um, over the years, as a national officer, I also realize there's other things that go on behind the scenes that are just as important and just as enjoyable, like the social hours and the receptions with the corporations and the career fair and the workshops. But the, the, those are the two areas, the opening and closing, that I really look forward to. But the this whole conference this year, um, we've had some good conferences. We had a great, I mean, in, this, whole, this conference this year was really well-planned, well-organized, and outstanding. Um, if there was anything that went wrong, it it was behind the scenes, and no one knew. Uh, speakers were great. 
The sessions were outstanding. The food was awesome. Um, there was enough time for you to, to take in everything that you wanted to take in. So, I mean, I I really have to give hats off to the conference team, Pam, Pam Sexton and her team and Monique Berry um, for doing an outstanding job in Washington, D.C., and I'm looking forward already to Indianapolis. Absolutely, and and I've been saying to our audiences, start now. If, if you know, as finances is an issue, start saving now so that you can go to next year's conference. Um, you know, if work or other things don't get in the way or other commitments, my goal is to be at every conference just like like you, Teresa. So <laughs> I hope so because it, it and you know so, what I do. I mean, oh, I know exactly. everybody can't do this. I don't know, but. Um, I have the opportunity. My company um, doesn't have a training budget, okay? A lot of companies don't have training budgets anymore. But they want they want their employees to continue to grow and learn. And so they have, we have a goal. Um, it's called a learning objective goal that everyone has to have on their annual performance review. And so instead of putting in, oh, I'm going to learn how to communicate better or I'm going to go and take this class online, I always, since I've been with this company, I put in to attend the National BDPA Conference and have it funded by my company. Because <laughs> if you Smart. put that on as your your company will, and you talk to your boss and say, these are the classes I'm going to take, this is what I'm going to learn, this is what I'm going to bring back to my organization as a better leader, better employee, nine times out of ten, they, if they can't fund your whole conference fee, they'll they'll make a deal and say, well, I'll fund your registration or I'll pay for your start small. I started by asking for my registration. You know, um, then if they see the benefit, next year they may pay for your hotel and your, and your airfare. But make it a part of your day-to-day job and so that your company knows. When you come back, write up about it. Put it on on your um, your company communications, your newsletter or, or SharePoint or website about what you, you know, just a little blurb. I The first two years for Atlanta, when I was Atlanta chapter president, I always wrote up something and put a picture of our students, what place they won, if they won, if they didn't win. I always submitted that back to our marketing department as a community outreach type of activity I was involved with, and it always got a lot of airplay within the company. I have to thank Wes. (laughs) I do have to thank you for that because – go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Wes, let's talk about Wes. (laughs) Yes, let's talk about Wes. (laughs) I don't even need to pose it as a question. Let's just talk about Wes. Who is this Wes? Well, it's funny because my next question was, would you like to share, you know, because I'm I'm sure you've seen a lot of students through the HSCC, our high school uh, competition, a computer competition program, and, you know, a lot of what we do is for the kids. But, you know, there's stuff for adults as well. But, you know, if you you like that give back and and nurturing and seeing young people and bringing them into this uh, career field that we love, um, you know, we have a great program. And you were, again, like I said, a great matriarch over that program. And um, I was going to ask you to share what are some of your success stories. And we can't talk about success stories 
but at least bring up West. You may have some others, but let's let's start there. <laughs> that was probably one of the biggest success stories because that was my biggest challenge, and that was a connection. Denise, I was at my first, at the Detroit conference, and Denise Wilmot. I was transitioning from her, and I was the incoming president, and. Um, we brought a, a group of kids. There was about three or four, and they they were not ready to compete. But and she knew that. But um, I said we've got to get a stronger team. And, she, and at that time, our coordinators was Maurice Cantrell and um, Michelle Cook, and they've been doing it. And they were getting a little burned out. And um, I think Maurice was actually planning to get married, and so we knew there would be a, a void there in that role, and so she said, she ran up to me, I'll never forget, it was the last night of the conference, she said, Teresa, I just ran into Wes Williams. I didn't know who Wes Williams was, but she was excited about him, and she said, he's moving, he's going to be going to school in Atlanta, I just found out he's going to be going to school in Atlanta, and and and, uh, he may be a great person to tap as HSSC coordinator. She said, he was on the, the, um, now, I'm going to get it wrong, Memphis team, winning team. And um, she said, I'm not sure if he has the time or the interest, but I kind of threw it out there, and he wasn't real sure, but, he, you know, he said it was okay for you to contact him, and I did. First he told me no, he didn't have time, and I understood he was a college student, and um, I was just trying to be as nice as I could. I promised him the world, and I think he had a change of heart, and he said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll help out. He came and um, I was teaching at Georgia Perimeter at the time at the Clarkson campus. And our first year that Wes took it over, uh, with him and Maurice helped him. We actually had the classes in my classroom on Saturdays after my class was over. And um, that's when I fell in love with the program. It actually, you know, I saw the benefit. I saw the, the parent involvement. I saw how much time and commitment and passion that Wes had. Um, we filled up that room with potential students who were interested in joining. Uh, we had more students show up than we had room for, but we didn't turn one away. I still shake my head today, why, uh, you know, how we ever fed all of those students. And um, the first class of students under my chapter presidency, I still have their picture with Wes on my desk that I look at because that's where my heart, you know, that program stole my heart. And I adopted him as my son. And so now I have a son and a son and a daughter-in-law and an adopted grandbaby. So, but I realized how important it was for us to make sure that the future generation has the same opportunities that we had, even if it's not in the workplace. And so, what we were doing for them in the classroom was giving them the skills and the passion and the um, potential and that little glimmer of hope that hey, when I leave out of high school and go to college, I may not think I want to go into technology, but they may find themselves in technology and they'll at least have some foundation to draw upon and make that connection. So that's how West came into the program, and that was probably my my um, biggest accomplishment for my first year as president as well as building the leadership. And he was one of the members that we brought on as a leadership team. And I and and I realized to do it right, right, I had to make sure that he had full full reign um, and provide him as much support. And I think that has we've done that 
even now that I'm no longer president and when I passed the presidency to Carter Hill and Carter Hill passed it to Felicia and now Derek, you'll find that you have to be involved with whoever is leading up that program because they can't be out there on the island. It just doesn't work well. Absolutely. And it's almost that added, you know, it takes a village. And uh, that's one of the things is like we all pull together around the, the, the kids. It's definitely about the kids. And, and, and uh, even in our chat room, uh, Derek is acknowledging, hey, it's about the kids. And um, we've succeeded in making West blush. You can't see him, but <laughs> virtually we know it. And, and thanks for <laughs> his, his his wife, uh, you know, <laughs> putting him on blast there. But you know, and and I, I joke, like you said, Wes and, and Sharnicia. After a while, it's like the running joke is that. To be a part of Atlanta BDPA, you know, um, your last name is going to have to be Williams. We've got so many Williams. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because they become such a family because you spend so much time with with them. Um, And Charnesia, like you said, she come she. She showed up, poor thing. She didn't have no intention of, of working that hard. And, and look how much she's put into the program as well as the chapter. And so when I look at young people like, uh, I know she probably will kill me for calling her young, but she's young to me, um, and so is Wes. But when I look at her and I see that, this, when I heard her talk about her development as a developer, I wanted to just scream and say, hey, but you've got so many other skills that I've seen shining through. They probably always are, they were always there. But, I mean, her marketing and her ability to um, produce um, great promotional materials, is that goes beyond being a developer. You know, so, I mean, I think it, to be a good technologist, or a professional, you've you've got to be well-rounded, and sometimes in a job on a day-to-day, um, nine-to-five, you don't get that opportunity to have those other type of skills show, shine out. So with with BDPA, you get an opportunity to stretch out and do some things that you probably wouldn't do um, because of your limitations of your of what you do on at work, and it gives you that confidence to say, you know what. I may want to I may want to check out this other opportunity over here with another company or within the same company that I'm in. You know that that that's such a powerful point that that you made it, because you're right. Some people try to to take their job and want it to completely fulfill them in every way. But sometimes, if you want you know that variety, something that you don't do on the job, whether it's creativity, whether it's public speaking, whether it's writing. You know, and honestly, Atlanta BDPA even gave me that opportunity. You know, um, you know, I've learned, I've grown because of Atlanta BDPA, and and I can even say under you, Teresa, and and then you know, I took some time off and then came back under Felicia. You guys allowed me to have, and sometimes carte blanche with my creative ideas. <laughs> it's like I got an idea, and you know, and I can't even say this of Derek. I mean, he he responded to some of my emails. I don't know what it is, but I'm in. What, what are we doing? You know, and, and I love that. And you guys gave me that opportunity. And we, we always, and that's why at Atlanta BDPA and the professional development, we always tried 
we took it to you know the, the next level. We we were trying innovative things, and that's why again, Felicia's leading up um, a, a special organization, Next Level Technology, where we're taking some of those things that we kind of beta tested um, on Atlanta BDPA. We got the feedback, we tweaked it, and now we're going to be presenting those on a grander stage. Just each year, getting better and better, and trying new things, and and leveraging technology. And that's why we're we started out as webinars. I, under you, you let me start with webinars, and uh, you know we were on a tight budget, but we did what we could to do those those webinars with the services available then. And now I've seen those evolve. Now the new platform is the radio, and it's taking off, and we've had great success and and again I got to uh you know thanks to Atlanta BDPA uh supporting being there being in our chat room tonight with us um you know that has given me a, a great opportunity so actually to those out there who are creative and looking for a different unique outlet uh, a way to give back a way to interact with whether it's young people or adults if you're launching something you need to come to Atlanta BDPA. You need to come to BDPA in general, wherever you are. Um, find the chapter near you. Um, I, I just got to say that public service announcement. But that's going to lead me because I'm, I'm looking at our time, Teresa, and we've already burned our 60 minutes. But I'm going to let you, I know you I'm, wrap up. And I can't believe I talked for 60 minutes. I was like, oh, my goodness, I was nervous about talking for 30 <laughs> I knew we would have no problems. You know, it's like catching up like old times. So. <laughs> um, but one day I do want to answer a question in the chat room. I think I, I don't know who posted, but it was um, what tip when, you know, what have I seen as far as success factor, factors for chapters, you know, across the region? And the one thing I would say is um, if a chapter is pretty solid, but they're trying to move their chapter to the next level. Um, they want to invest in, in developing a corporate advisory committee. We're calling it a CAC because that will help bring in their corporate sponsors into um, the growth of their chapter. And you you know you saw that happen with Atlanta when they actually. In, pulled in their corporate sponsors and asked for their opinion and they serve on their board and they have input. It you know, it basically will help give direction to that chapter as to where they should be going for their area. And the corporate sponsors feel like they get a uh, they get some type of return on their investment. So a, you know, developing a CAC if they don't already have one would be a great first step toward um, a good best practice. And if you're trying to grow your chapters, um, using social media, um, signing up with the meetups, uh, getting on a talk radio show like uh, Technology Expresso is a great way to get the word out to about what's going on in your chapter. And with that, I'll leave the rest for the next time I'm on the radio. And hopefully after I get back from the fourth quarter board meeting, I'll be able to talk about our goals and objectives for then our next term. Absolutely. Ooh, I like how you left that teaser. 
Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Teresa. And I know, you know, as you go out there, and, and I, I know you're a sponge for for knowledge, uh, just like a lot of our, our listeners and supporters, and you're going to come back with more nuggets. And as we always say, our, our mic is open to you whenever you want to, to share, give back, um, and just uh, update us on what's going on in the, the region. So we, we really look forward to you you coming back. We really enjoyed our, our time with you um, um, tonight. And, um, again, to our listeners and um, our supporters in the chat room, can't thank you enough. Uh, you made it very fun, entertaining. We laughed. We cried. No, <laughs> uh, more laughing. No crying tonight. <laughs> but, you know, that that's, that's what this is all about. This isn't necessarily – Intended to be, you know, this polished, rigid format. We're just here to talk. We're we're grabbing our cups of espresso. We're all hyped up, as you can tell, a little bit here <laughs> after a hard day's work. And we're just going to have fun and and share information and knowledge. So everybody, keep coming back. Um, and uh, we look forward to even even some of those names. Uh, Wes, your your the mic is open to you too. We just got to set a date for that. And uh, we're definitely going to be hearing um, often from. The new Atlanta president, uh, Derek Brown, as well. And even though David was quiet tonight, he's running the show behind the scenes. You all are going to be hearing from him. I'm going to be taking a little rest uh, from uh, uh, from always being the uh, primary. But uh, uh, David is uh, uh, take, is going to be um, bringing on some guests uh, next week. So don't think you're only going to be hearing my voice. But um, we're going to swap out on that. So. Um, but nonetheless, again, I guess at this point in time, we're going to wrap up another great episode. And um, you all have a great night and uh, talk to you again very soon. Good night, Teresa. Thank you for Thanks, having everyone. Me. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>